This is Matt from The Man Cave, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching with your daily devotion for what? It is June the 18th, my friends. I hope you're having a totally excellent day. I want to say thank you to my subscribers for joining the channel, hitting that button, which is the bell, which means every time I put out a video, it's coming your way. Okay? Speed of lightning. You, I mean, look, look, as soon as I hit release, it's already in your inbox. That's that's crazy. Technology's just guys, crazy. Guys, guys, I'm at this thrift store, and I'm checking out the shirts. They're like 99 cents a piece, and I come across this this shirt, and I absolutely loved it. It, it says, tougher than nails. That's describing our God. I hope you can see that. It says, tougher than nails. Guys, isn't that like the coolest shirt ever? And you know what that's describing? That's describing my God. So guys, when we're looking at that shirt, God is tougher than nails. It's, it's reassuring, isn't it? You know, that our God is strong. I, okay, people admire strength, okay? God is not only strong, He's smart. I mean, he knows everything, okay? The Bible says that he's omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, meaning everything is in his presence. He knows everything, and he has all power and authority. His right hand is stretched forth, okay? Yet he hides his power. Oh, it's amazing all that God can do, okay? And so when we're worshiping him, he's worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our time. He's worthy of our adoration, okay? We come to him with broken and contrite hearts because the Bible says he will never turn you away when you come to him in the right spirit, in the right way. And the only way he can be worshipped is through the Spirit of God. Yes. Yet, you're like, what do you mean yet? There is no yet, man. Keep on going. Talk about God. Yet in our lives, sometimes we have problems. Sometimes we have heartaches. Sometimes we have pain. Sometimes we're in a season and we just can't make sense of it. I mean, sometimes we're hurting in the worst way. Something has entered into our life. And it's almost like we just got wiped out. See, guys, but yet, we know God is in control. Yet in our own lives, we're out of control. I mean, we, and we can't make sense of it. We're like, I serve him. He's my heavenly father. I'm his child. Um, I gave my life to Jesus. He, he's become Adonai of my life. I mean, here's the thing. We're doing everything we know to do. And yet we're in a season that's just terrible. I mean, absolutely awful, terrible. And, and, I mean, and guys, can I share this with you? There's many people right now who are going through this. I mean, who are living it out, okay? And, and they, they're reading their Bible every day. They're praying every day. They're trying to do what God requires of them. They, have, they really do have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but something has entered their life, and they're just like, well, God, if you love me, why would you allow this to happen? I don't understand. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's not really what happens to us oftentimes is we don't understand why it happened. I mean, here's the thing. If I understand why something's going on, I can do with it. I can deal with it. I mean, I can roll with it. I can get strong in the Lord. I can pray up, pray through, pierce the darkness, do all these things. But when things happen to me in my life that I don't understand, and I'm praying to God, and he seems to be zipping it, and he's quiet, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm perhaps in the testing room, okay? Um, I sometimes lose it, okay? And I really do. I was like, you know, I go, Lord, I belong to you. What in the world is going on? I serve you, okay? Today we're going to be in the book of Job, and we're not going to be looking at the whole story of Job, okay? But the book of Job is one of the oldest books in the entire Bible. Job was living, watch this, in righteousness and holiness. So guys, we're going to be in the book of Job, chapter 1. We're going to just start with verse 8. What's going on here? Uh, Satan enters into the throne room of God in, in verse 8. And, and God says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? Listen to how God refers to Job, okay? Hmm. There is none like him in the earth, 
a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and runneth from evil. Verse 9, watch this, because you know Satan's going to come back over the top, okay? Then Satan answered the Lord, does Job fear God for nothing? Meaning, the reason he's living the life he's living, and he has what he has, is because of you, God. That's what you see what I'm saying? And, and there is some truth to that. There really is. Watch this very carefully, but it's not all truth, remember? Satan is very deceptive. He's a liar. He mixes truth and error together, okay? There is nothing that Job had that wasn't given to him by Almighty God. That's a truth, okay? But here's the thing. That was God's choice, not Job's choice. God decided to bless Job, okay? Job decided to obey God. Do you understand? Job's not obeying God for stuff or for things. Job is living that life because it brings glory and honor to God. But the next verse, watch this. Verse 10, Satan says, Has not thou cast a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and the substance of the increase of the land. What is described here in the book of Job is the hedge. That's what we're talking about today. It is the spiritual hedge that was around and about Job's life. See, guys, 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 watch this. Satan just threw a little bit of air in there, and that's what false teachers, false prophets do, okay? They'll give you about 80% truth, but they throw that 20% in there. It's an absolute abomination. Satan had it right. He's blessed. God blessed him, okay? You're protecting him. God's protecting him. You see what I'm saying? Uh, you blessed his hand. God did bless his hand. All Everything that Satan said was 100% correct except for one thing. The one thing he says is, he's, he's only serving you, God, because you've done this. And that's not true. That wasn't true Guys, at I all. want you to watch this very carefully. Satan and God are having this conversation, okay? And Satan basically is saying, here's the thing, if you wipe him out, okay? If you wipe him out, he's going to curse you to your face. He's, he's kind of trying to lead God, but God can't be led, okay? He's, he's playing games with God. What, he really, Satan really wants God to say, okay. And so what ends up happening is God gives Satan permission. What was that? When God gave Satan permission to go into his life and take the stuff, okay? What was that, okay? That's God dropping the hedge. Oh, did you hear what I said? God dropped the hedge in Job's life, okay? There was a hedge. Satan acknowledged the hedge. God put the hedge there. Satan, Satan. Couldn't touch Job, his belongings, his sheep, his money, his houses, his land, anything. Couldn't get anywhere near him, okay? Because God was protecting him, okay? Angelic beings were surrounding Job. God's favor was resting upon Job. The anointing of God was upon Job and his family, okay? Job could not lose because of God's decision to bless Job. No nothing can stop you when God is for you. Nothing. When, when God speaks a word over you, nothing can stop you. You can't die. You're bulletproof. You're stab-proof. You're death-proof because his purpose has not been fulfilled in you yet. It's some strong stuff when you understand it. But Satan is, is so delighted. Oh, finally, you dropped the hedge because I guarantee anyone that's living in righteousness and holiness and living for the Lord and doing the right thing and on the narrow path, you have the devils, okay? You have all of hell's attention because they hate your guts, okay? They hate you. I mean, they despise you, okay? You are so vile to them because you are living in the light.
Okay, you are living in the truth. You are living testimony that he is God and yours creation. You are a bond servant and a bond slave and you worship him by choice. Okay, but look at, look at verse 13. How appropriate. It's going to describe what Satan's going to do, okay? There was a day when his sons and daughters, okay, were eating and drinking in their eldest brother's homes. You got to realize, Job was so rich that all 10 of his children had their own homes. But they've all gathered in the eldest brother's home. And they're just having a good time. They're not sinning. They're just having a good time, okay? And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain all your servants with the edge of the sword, and I'm the only one escaped to tell thee. Verse 16, While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven, has burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only have escaped to tell thee. Verse 17. Guys, listen to this. This is all within five minutes that Job hears this, okay? Verse 17. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, the, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only have escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 18. I don't know if I can take much more. I feel bad for Job. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in thy eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only have escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 20, how would you handle it? Before I read verse 20, how, how would you handle it if you just lost all your children, 95% of your wealth, was just taken in a matter of four minutes. Because while he's speaking, another messenger came. While he's speaking, another messenger came. While he's speaking, another messenger came. How did this happen? Because God dropped the hedge in Job's life, but Satan wanted to make it remain down. What did you say? God dropped it, okay? God told him up front, you can take it all away, don't touch Job. Guys, watch this okay. very carefully. Satan is very legalistic. He knows the rule book. Look it, okay? He knows the rule book. God opened the door of the hedge. The hedge didn't drop. Oh, it did, but only because God opened the door. But Satan went through the door and wants to drop the hedge all the way. He goes after all the animals, and the last thing he does, once the animals are gone, okay, he goes after the children. What does Job say? Job knows because he knows God. This could not have happened unless God allowed it. Verse 20. Guys, I, I, I can't believe this. And Job arose, he rent his mantle, shaved his head, fell down on the ground, and he worshipped God. 21, and said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job said not or charge God foolishly. Satan just got smacked down by Job. You know what it was? It was the octagon. You know what I'm saying? It's little old Job against the mighty angel, the archangel Satan. Okay? And it's wire mesh all the way around. And you can't crawl up because there's a top. Okay? And Job, instead of fighting, he gets on his knees and he worships the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh my goodness. 
Jesus. Here's the thing. He didn't charge God foolishly. And what did he do? He slayed the great dragon in his own game. What just happened, guys? What just happened? Oh, Satan was, what, prideful, arrogant, thought he knew better than God, okay? Job, an older man, knocked him out. I'm going to knock you out, boy. Mama said knock you out, boy. <laughs> Here's the thing. Oh, what a piercing blow to Satan. How humiliating. Okay, all those demons and those devils, those principalities, those powers of the air, all the filth of the demonic world just looked at their little leader, okay, get smacked down by Job. But guess what? Guess what? Satan's not done. Verse chapter 2, it says this. And again, there was a day when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. God says this, where you been, Satan? He says, I've been hanging out in the earth, going up and down it, checking it out. You know what I'm saying? I love verse 3, chapter 2. And the Lord said unto Satan, Has thou considered my servant Job? Oh, God is so good, because if, if I was the Lord... I would have been in his face. Hey, did you? Uh, you got defeated. My man, did not my man just smoke you? I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, did not Job just beat you? Did he not just skunk you at your own game? I, I'm, I'm only saying, I'm only, you know, no, no. God is good. God is good. He says, and the Lord said unto Satan, has thou considered my servant Job? Yeah, I've considered him. I just got whooped by him, but he wouldn't say that. That's Satan, of course. Thou considered my servant Job. There's none like him in the earth. Still a perfect and upright man. One that feareth God and escheweth evil, and still, listen to God's words, and still, and still holdeth fast his integrity, although thou hast moved me against him to destroy him without a cause. There was no reason for God to find any fault with Job because God knew Job's heart. Okay? So God just basically straightened Satan out. He says, here's the thing. You did all this by my allowing it, okay? and destroyed an innocent man. So Satan comes back over the top and he says this, skin for skin, all that a man has, okay, he'll give for his life, okay? He'll curse you. I promise you he'll curse you. Look at this, he, 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 five. But put forth thy hand now and touch his bones. This is Satan talking to God. Put forth thy hand and touch his bones and his flesh. He'll curse you to your face. And the Lord said unto Satan, behold, he is in thy hand. Don't take his life. So guys, we know the story. Satan comes into Job's life, okay, and there's this disgusting disease that's upon him, so much so that he's having to scrape the boils. Now, you have to realize the boils that were on him, there were little worms in the boils, okay? It was just the most grotesque, and it was the most painful disease that they understand that there ever was, okay? It was, it was like, like you got burned, and you had a blood blister or a water blister, yet underneath in that pus, because it was pus, were worms eating you and biting you. And so he's scraping himself. If we read the story, he's in so much pain. He's in so much agony, okay? And his wife even comes up and says this. Now watch this. What did Job fear the most? Job feared that his children would mistakenly curse God. But now his wife comes on the scene and says this, curse God and die because you're in so much pain and we've lost it all. There's no real reason to live. I mean, honestly, we're poor. And we've always been rich, okay? What you've done, look, at his wife is kind of insinuating. Instead of sticking with her man, you've done something. Curse God and die. Let's get this over with, okay? Job says this, you speak as a foolish woman. I'm not going to do it. I'm not cursing God. Oh, my. 
what integrity, what, what a man of God, okay, he is. But why am I telling you this story? I mean, because honestly, because yeah, we, we referred to some of you are having some difficult days, right? Some of you are in the storm. You're not, you're not likened unto Job, but you are suffering in your life right now one way or another. How come? Your hedge is down. What? Your hedge is down. And there's two ways that the hedge can drop. One way is God dropped it, okay? Another way is you dropped it. And you're like, uh-oh, how? Sin. Sin will drop the hedge. You remember all sin? No. Unconfessed sin. Well, I don't understand. Jesus came, died on the cross, shed his blood. His blood was applied to your life, to your sin debt, okay? You're forgiven if you confess it. But oftentimes, we don't want to confess it because we like it. Meaning, if I go to God and say, God, forgive me for this sin that I do every single night, you know what I'm saying? And I continue doing it, the blood's not going to cover you. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's turning from the sin, acknowledging what God thinks about the sin, what God said was sin, running to Him and taking the free pardon of the blood of His Son and not doing it anymore. Okay? Turning from, turning to God. But some of us don't want to repent. We are enjoying the sin. So guys, that spiritual hedge that Job had around him, okay, you and I have around us. And you're like, well, well how is that? Through Christ. Let me explain. Every morning, okay, Job would go to a rock similar to this. See this rock, okay? And he had an altar there. And what he would do is he would slay an animal, okay? Because Leviticus says without blood, there is no remissions of sin. You understand? Life is in the blood, okay? And he would dedicate that animal to God, okay? And what did the blood represent? The blood of that animal represented the spiritual hedge. That's what it represented. It's almost like the blood is a reminder. See, if we, again, if we go back and we look at Cain and Abel, okay, when Cain slew Abel, it said that Abel's blood was crying from the ground, and okay? God confronts Cain, says, what have you done? You see what I'm saying? Listen, listen. So there's something about blood because, the, again, the Bible says there's life in the blood, okay, that is so powerful in the heavens, okay, and with God. Without blood, guess what? You don't live. Without blood, God's son's blood, you can't be forgiven, okay, and live eternally, the second life. So watch this. The head drops. What? Watch this. What's the first thing Satan goes after? Boom! Let's go after the animals. Satan wipes out all the animals first. First, okay? Satan's, he's, you got to realize, you are fighting someone, okay, who's very well equipped and smart. Don't, don't think Satan, whenever people start rattling off about Satan, you have to realize that Satan, okay, was created, okay, by Almighty God, okay? He's an angel, which angels, okay, positionally right now are above us. They're smarter than us. They're stronger than us, okay? We need angels to protect us, okay? So don't go spouting off about the enemy. I like what the, Michael said, which was the archangel of God. He said this to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. So you got to realize, why do I cling to Jesus? Why do I love my shirt? Here's my shirt. Well, why do I love this? Because King Jesus defeated Satan. 
He defeated death, hell, the grave, Satan, and all the demons in one swoop, and Satan never saw it coming. Okay, so Satan comes on the scene, and Job's life destroys all the animals. Why? 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 Watch this. Apply it to your life. It's such a great truth. Because every morning, Job said this. He would, he would lay an animal on the altar, on a rock, and he would slay that animal, and the blood would flow, okay? Because he said he feared in his heart that his children mistakenly could have cursed God. He wanted, look at, look at, Job loved God so much that he went a step above and beyond, thinking there is a chance that something could happen in my kid's life. Even though I raised them correctly and they could speak idly or foolishly and they could curse God. And so what did he do? He slayed an animal every day so that would not happen. So the deceiver would not come in and try to trick the children into what? Sinning against God. Listen very carefully. Jesus, okay, he's teaching the what? Disciples. Lord, Lord, t t teach us to pray. We, we don't know how to pray. You know what Jesus said? It's the Lord's Prayer. How, how many times have we been to church and we've recited the Lord's Prayer? But there's a portion in the Lord's Prayer. See, if you understand the Lord's Prayer, there's golden nuggets scattered throughout the Lord's Prayer that most of the time people don't even know or acknowledge or apply to their life or apply those truths to their heart, okay? One of those is this, these words, lead me not in temptation, but deliver me from evil. Do you understand? Meaning, don't allow Satan to come into my life and tempt me, lest I fall in sin against you. That's what Job's doing at the rock. That's what Job was doing. He's, he's sacrificing an animal unto God. The Bible says in the book of Leviticus, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There's something about the blood that draws down God's attention. You got to understand, because the Bible says there's life in the blood. Do you understand? So how, when we understand these concepts about the blood, okay, and we look at the Old Testament sacrifices, and then we're going we're gonna to look forward, and where are we looking forward? We're seeing Jesus on the cross in Calvary, the Lamb of God, who knew no sin, had no sin, shed his blood once and for all. So Job goes through a period of time where he is suffering the torments of the damned. I mean, literally, because I said in the beginning of it, I can go through an awful lot if I understand why. Why did God do this? Why did God allow this? His perfect will, his permissive will. Why has this entered my life? Okay, if I understand the why, I can get through it. Okay, by God's strength. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things. How many things? All things through Christ, which strengthens me. So I can get through the garbage, okay? The storm, the valley, the pain, the suffering, the heartache, the sickness, whatever it is. I can get through it with him, okay? But if I don't understand why, I mean, I'm throwing myself and pleading for mercy and grace because it's very difficult, okay? Guys, it's so difficult to forgive someone who's wronged you, but God says you have to do it. Guys, it, can it, I tell it, you one of the ways to drop your hedge really quickly? Unforgiveness. I don't understand. Bible says forgive and you'll be forgiven. And you've been forgiven of an awful lot, have you not? I know I have, okay? But sometimes someone does something very horribly to us, terrible to us, okay? And it just, sometimes it's someone we love, sometimes it's a family member, a coworker, a boss, uh, sometimes it's someone we didn't even know, okay? Sometimes it's at the church and they've, they, we, we let our guard down, okay? We didn't have our wall of defense up and we kind of let them into our circle and they pierced us through and through. 
Okay, and, and now we're holding a grudge. There's bitterness in our heart. But God said, if you forgive, you will be forgiven, okay? And so by not forgiving the injustice that's taken place in your life, when God has forgiven you of the injustices you've sinned against heaven and of him, okay, you've dropped the head. Guys, watch this. Sometimes we've been living a certain way for so long that we are so blinded to the effects of sin because sin blinds us that we're not even aware of what we're doing and how God looks upon it, but it's sin. It's, it, you know, it's not that I'm hiding it. I just don't even acknowledge it as sin anymore. I've gotten used to it for so long. I've been doing it for five years, 10 years, 15 years. A thought process, a, a, a way of thinking, or you know, I've engaged this or something's in my life. I don't know what it is, but oftentimes God has to drop the hedge or you've dropped the hedge and as he does he uses he uses he uses the enemy to come in there and wreak havoc in your life and guess what the pain and the suffering is so much okay it's so intense okay that God finally purifies you gets your attention gets you to the place where you are acknowledge okay the filthiness and the darkness and the wickedness that you have in your life and you truly will turn away from it because it's causing so much pain it is so hard because you're addicted to give up a habit Okay, to, to give up something that you feel that your flesh enjoys and it brings you some short contentment, okay? And, and I know the world's filled with these things, from the movie theater, okay, to the internet. I, I mean, the world is filled with these things, to the neighbor's wife, okay, three doors down. It, it, the life is full of these things that bring short-term pleasure, but long-term pain. And again, we look at this poor guy, Job, okay? And here's the thing, nothing, nothing will change in Job's life. Nothing until God in heaven decides to do something. Nothing. And I, I want to share this. Nothing in your life is going to change. Nothing. You're going to be stuck, okay, in the miry pit, in the clay, okay, in the pain, in the suffering, in the storm, in the heartache, the, the sickness, no matter, nothing will change until God speaks a word from heaven. When Jesus was being tempted by Satan, yet again, okay, in the desert, Jesus says, man does not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, when God decides in his timing, okay, by his will, by his sovereign choice, to speak a word in your direction, your life will change. What do I do in the meantime? I obey God. And I don't shake my fist at God. And I look inward and I ask God, would you reveal Anything in me that's not pleasing, any wickedness, any darkness, any, uh, you see what I'm saying? David was crying out to God. David was likened unto Job, meaning he, was, he had a heart in the same manner. Job was sacrificing every single day, least, okay, his children be tempted. And David's pleading his heart out saying, search me, God, I don't want to sin against you. You're too good to me. And I'm enjoying this life too much to have the enemy come in and take it all away. Yes. In David's life, sin entered his life as well. And what ends up happening? The Bible says that Satan, he induces David to take a census. And you guys know the story of that, but it's the end result. 70,000 people died. Why? Because the hedge was dropped. Okay? What drops the hedge in your life? Sin. What else can drop it? God. Because he needs to mature you. He needs to grow you. You're not keeping up with the pace. See, God has, he, he's decided, watch this, he's already decided 
This is the day you're going to be born. Guess what? You know that date. You know your birthday. You've been celebrating it every year. But God says, don't count the years, count the days, and praise me for all of them. So you know the day you were born. Look on your license if you forgot, okay? But what you don't know is the day he's going to require your life of you, okay? In between here and here, he has to get you ready. Why? You're a gift. For who? For King Jesus. Do you understand? And so sometimes when we're kicking our heels, dragging our feet, doing our own thing, ignoring God, God decides, well, I'm going to have to jumpstart the party. And he drops the hedge in your life. Satan comes swooping in and wants to wipe you out. But God and Jesus have prayed for you, as they did Peter, okay? And they will strengthen you. And you will make it through that. But guess what? You're never the same. You're never the same after the pain, after the season. You, you in a million years could not ever go back to being who you were. After this transpired in Job's life, Job wasn't the same man. And, and, and you might be asking, well, Matt, what was wrong with Job? Job was doing everything right. Even God said that, yeah. But you know what Job didn't realize? Even though Job was righteous, he really was. He was holy. He was, he was doing it all better than you and me. He was still a sinner and he had a sin nature, okay? And he had to realize that God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, to whomever he wants. It perfected Job. It made Job a better Job. We swing over to chapter, what, 42. What happens? Well, during this time, because we, we, we're not going over the whole story, there's three friends that really aren't friends. And they're trying to tell Job why this has happened in his life. Job, this couldn't happen unless you were in sin. Job, you have secret sin. Job, you're greedy. You haven't been sharing your wealth. Meaning they always like to say that to rich people, okay? Here's the thing. Watch this very carefully. God comes to the three friends who have been persecuting him, okay? Mentally, okay? He's already suffering physically, okay? And God says this to the three friends. What you're saying about me and Job is wrong. You're lying. You don't know what you're talking about. You're full of it, okay? Here's what I want you to do. At least I deal with you out of my what? Anger. Take some animals to Job. He's going to sacrifice them. What? Take some animals to Job. He's going to put them on his what? On his rock. He's going to sacrifice them. And then he's going to pray for you, at least I deal with you. What just, what just transpired? God from heaven decided the ending point of the suffering in Job's life. God is putting back the hedge. Job had no animals. Job's poor. Animals were expensive. Um, imagine an animal today, like if I wanted to go butcher a cow, okay, it's going to cost me $1,200, $1,500, okay, for that cow to chop up those big, fat, juicy ribeyes and put them in my deep freezer. Oh, yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. And a big potato the size of Texas. Okay, we're going somewhere, okay? So watch this. God had to speak from heaven. Tell the friends, do this, or I'm going to deal with you, okay? And you will obey God. Look at, look at, when God speaks, okay, he speaks in many different ways, okay? Some of you have heard his voice. Some of, he says, my sheep hear my voice. Others of you have been led by God through his spirit, through his what? Sovereignty, through different things. But there is a point in life, okay, where sometimes God the Father will speak and it's like trembling waters, okay? It's the most terrifying voice 
that you've ever heard. And people who are Mickey Mousing around with God, okay? Here's the thing. I promise you, from the innermost part of who I am in my soul, if you hear this voice, you won't be fooling around anymore. There will be a holy reverence and fear of Almighty God. It's as if, watch this, God is speaking in several different tones through waters, like a waterfall, and it's terrifying. And you're like, Matt, did you hear it? Yes. What did God say? Listen very carefully. In the middle of the night, he spoke this to me in a dead sleep. And I, I rose up and the hairs on my arms were standing straight up. I was terrified. He says, I will not be mocked. You got to be kidding, Matt. Look at me. I'm not kidding. Okay. I was scared. I almost crapped my pants, peed my pants, okay? I knew it was God. See, there isn't this question, was it God? Was it not God? Should I obey? Was that me? Was that the devil? Was that the Holy Spirit? It's terrifying, okay? And what it was dealing with, something that was going on in my life, okay? And guess what? God was saying this, I'm your God, okay? I've allowed certain things, but guess what? I'm not going to be mocked by this situation, by this event, by these people. I'm going to bring it so hard and fast. Here's the thing. They will be opening their eyes in hell fire. God doesn't play games, guys. Look at me. Look at me. You never, ever, ever, okay, want to be living a life contrary to the Word of God and thinking you're okay because you can do that when you don't know God. But once you know Him, once you love Him, you're going to honor Him. And there is a reverential fear that will enter into you. And you dare not go to the left when He says go to the right. So what happens? What happens, man? The friends come over, just like God said. They sacrifice the animals on Job's altar. The hedge, the hedge is up. The angels are back with their swords drawn. The angels were there. They just were commanded, put your swords in your sheaves. They had to just stand by idly as the enemy came into what? Our camp. Friends, can I ask you this? Is the enemy in your camp? Are you experiencing the consequences of your decisions? Are you? Has the, has the hedge been dropped because of unforgiveness or something you've incorporated into your life, okay? Once the hedge was back up, Job 42 says this, that everything was restored double. At that time before this happened, Job was the richest man on the globe. There was no one richer. Honestly, from historians, nobody had more than Job. Everything that he lost in chapters one and two he gained back over the term of his life. He doubled up, except for the children. The ten children that had died, okay? The seven boys, the three daughters, they were in heaven. So he, God didn't have to give him 20 children. He only gave him another seven boys and three daughters because those that had gone on ahead of time, they were waiting for him in heaven. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill to whom his favor rests. Friends, is our God not good? Is our God not fair? Is our God not just? He is. And so my question today is this, who are you in the story? Are you Job? And some of you are Job, but it hasn't been God that initiated You initiated the dropping of the hedge. God allowed it in His will. Why? Because He has to get you where you need to be. 
He really does. He's not going to lose any. Remember the story of Jesus and the hundred sheep, but one decides to be a rogue sheep, a bad sheep, uh, okay, a rebellious sheep and go his way. What did we talk about a couple days ago? Once Jesus finds that sheep, he breaks that leg, puts him around his neck, and he mends that sheep's leg. Over time, that sheep will listen and obey. Some of you are experiencing a seizing right now because God has to get you back on track, okay? And yes, it's heartache. Yes, it's pain and suffering. Yes, there's lots and lots and lots of loss. Will God restore what I've lost? I don't know. Have you learned? Have you grown? Do you care about what hey you've guys, lost? Watch this, watch this, watch this. When you don't care anymore about what happened, what you lost, what that person said, what that person did, okay, what has taken place, okay, that's normally the time that you've been healed, that you've forgiven, and that God comes on the scene and guess what? He restores. Are you guaranteeing me that? No, I'm not. I'm just guaranteeing everything that's written in the Word of God is true about God, and He is a very just God. He's a righteous judge, and He's fair and he loves you, okay? You're his child if you've asked his son into your heart and you've re repented of your sins this very day and you've turned from the filth of this world and you're running towards him. And, and a lot of you, you're in the season like Job. But you, I, I, I gotta share this and then we're gonna close. See, what you gotta understand this is watch this very carefully because some of you are in the midst of it right now. I mean, you're in the midst of pain and you're thinking, well, man, I have learned. Before you ever entered into that, okay, God has set a beginning date and an ending date. Even if you are 10 days into it, or 30 days, or a year, or two years into it, God has determined how long He knows it will take to perfect you. Okay? So there is no getting out of the season again until God speaks it into your life. Stop struggling, okay, Jacobs, with King Jesus, the angel of the Lord. Because if you, if you don't stop struggling, He's going to touch your hip and you're going to remember it forever. Friends, here's the thing. If you really, really don't know why that you're in the place that you're in right now, okay, and you're suffering the way you're suffering, ask God to reveal, okay, the flaw, the sin, the darkness, the wickedness that you're not obviously seeing but is obviously there. He will reveal it to you, but oftentimes he has to take you all the way through that season until you acknowledge it. He could tell you this. He could say, okay, you're doing this. You're not trusting me. And then you would say, okay, from now on, I'm going to trust you. It doesn't work like that. You have to be through the fire to get to the place where you trust God wholeheartedly with your whole life. He can't just tell you and you acknowledge it. And you say, okay, from now on, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to have faith in you. It doesn't work like that. Because he has set it up that you will have to go through all of this to get to this moment, this piece of time, okay, where you will understand. See, he's going to get you there. And only then will you be able to trust God fully because you had to. It's no longer an option. See, he's going to put you in a circumstance where you have to trust him. See, most of the time, we don't trust God. We trust ourselves. But God, once you get into the season like Job, he's going to perfect you. And he's going to put you in a place where it's only God, no one else. He's going to strip and rip everything out of your life that the only person you have is God. It's just God. You see what I'm saying? Your life is holding on by a thread, and he's holding the thread. And you're finally going to have to release all to him. And what's that word in the Bible? Adonai. He's Lord, Savior, Master, Owner of my life. I surrendered all to him. And if we don't surrender, you will surrender, okay? Even the lost person, okay, once they die, are going to stand before God in the great white throne judgment, and it says, every knee, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Adonai, Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you understand? Learn it the easy way, okay? Don't fight God. Where you are right now is no surprise to God, okay? 
Cry out to him, run to him. Ask him to teach you. Ask him to teach you his ways, okay? Ask him to build faith in you. Do the things that you know to do. Trust him to do the things that you can't do. You'll get through it, but here's the thing. When you do, you won't care because you're a brand new creature in Christ and you're different. He has perfected you. This is Matt from the Man Cave.